Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast. Bono Originalo Musico Special Edition. This is weird. Yeah. Already. Well, it's quite a weird title or a weird... Everything. This is just a weird <laughs> concept for an episode. Well, we'll see how this goes, but I know for a fact that the moment you and I decided to do this, mm. we were at the time convinced that it was the greatest fucking idea ever. Yeah, I remember we came up with this and we were like, oh yeah, 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 it'll be a brilliant bonus episode. And then I sat down this afternoon and listened to the whole album start to finish. Ooh. Whoa. Thank you. What was Stupid. All right. Now I will say from the the offset that this is the biggest case of shooting fish in the barrel. Like, <laughs> I mean, since a young Ryan Reeves bust on the scene in 2011. I mean, this is. I know that WWE Originals, the album we're reviewing, isn't proper music. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know what we were expecting to be on there really. And us reviewing it as a proper thing is like, yeah. I mean. We're, we're not Metacritic, we're not NME, mm. or Q Magazine. Those famous music reviewers there. Uh, Metacritic, NME. <laughs> I mean, like, I've got some background in, in the reviewing of music from way back in the day, but never have we tackled anything like this before. You're not going to need those skills to review this, Kevin. Seriously, no. this isn't music. Will said skills pay the bills? <laughs> Let's turn the clocks back to 2004, as a young Jim Johnson has been tasked with possibly one of the most ludicrous tasks ever, as part of a cooperative effort with Sony Music. Half the fucking roster during one of the bleakest creative periods in WWE history have decided that they're going to do some wrestling music and record an album. It's WWE Originals. Hey, Steve. Welcome to the studio. Glad right. to have you here today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You yeah. got everything ready, right? I got everything, just like we spoke on the phone. No, got the where? Track. Well, just like you told me. Where's the beer? Um, you didn't mention beer. I specifically mentioned beer. How do you expect me to record a record without no beer? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. My mistake. I'll get some beer. Hey, it could happen to anybody, okay? I'm, okay. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on you. It's kind of early in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Steve. What are you saying? I No, I mean, no, just... Well, Hey, let's listen to the track. I think you're going to be happy. Good, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's hard and heavy, right? Hard and heavy, but uh, you know, kind of going for a, the sensitive side of Steve Austin. And, and just take a listen. See what you think. Sensitive side? Well, just take a listen. Take a listen. All right, I'll take a listen. But I, but I told you, hard and heavy. It's it's really hard and heavy. Okay. Hard and heavy. Get it. Well, we can start off from right off the bat saying this. I love wrestling music, and I think you do too. Oh, Jesus, yes. I mean, I remember a couple of years back, me and you got our hands on like a 20 gigabyte archive of every track ever, didn't we? I still have that. Yeah, I, yeah, I have every beautiful. wrestling yeah. track ever. Gladly so as well. It's the greatest part of our collection, I think. I was like, oh, do you want to know the difference between Undertaker's seventh entrance music where you had jingle bells or his eighth entrance music where it was the same track? We've got them all. Bells? We've got them all, baby. We've got Chaz's entrance music. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it is since... Like, when we reviewed Attitude for Kotaku, it was one of the things we mentioned, which was sitting down and listening to all that music. Because on yeah. the N64 and the PlayStation and the Dreamcast, if you had Attitude, you could listen to the full tracks. Actually sit down and just enjoy listening to the music without it being commentated over or yeah. any interruptions. They didn't have YouTube, obviously, back in, the, uh, yeah. back in the day. Now, obviously, it's pretty easy to get... You can listen to any wrestling music at the drop of a hat. Like, you know, there's YouTube channels dedicated to just that like yeah. i love when like a new guy debuts these days within a second you can download his music straight away like, yeah someone will have gotten the clip 
and they tried to get rid of the commentator. <laughs> and then seriously, like, you know, yeah, it's like no, Kevin I... Owens debuts and like, right, they'll get rid of the crowd reaction, subdue it and put it on a loop and make it try and sound normal. I remember that back in the days of LimeWire when JBL debuted with his new music. I managed to get my hands on that and I just had Michael Cole talking to Taz over the top of it. Oh, yo, what's this JBL guy going to do here, Cole? <laughs> All this money's gone to his head, if you ask me. <laughs> what, what, is he like some sort of loudmouth Texan? <laughs> Favourite wrestling music of all time. When you and I first met, I think one of the things we actually bonded over, I do specifically recall talking about favourite wrestling music. Because yeah. like, we were like, okay, you and I both like wrestling, but let's kind of test if we're, you know... Make sure we're on the same wavelength. Are we into wrestling music the same? Right? Yeah, because I actually remember, just a little side note, I remember a, like a year or two back, me and you like met this other guy who said he was really into wrestling. We were like, oh, sweet, yeah, we tried having a chat with him. And he was like, you know, talking about how much he loves Randy Orton. And he really didn't even know the fucking lyrics to the Nexus's entrance yeah. music. And like. yeah, I think you're right. Having I think taste in music is where you find out the kind of barometer of what right what kind of wrestling fan you are. Yeah, and I think like you know if if you're someone who thinks, oh man, Randy Orton voices, now there's uh, you, you know now all due respect, you know, but that's not proper. It's, it's not yeah. It's iconic, that track is Kevin. It's fucking irritating, like. Because <laughs> wrestling music these days has got a habit of getting into your head. Mm. I've sang Randy Orton's entrance music several times. Yeah. Don't fucking like it. We can say right off the bat now, I think we're in, like, probably... I don't want to say pound for pound, but the majority of the roster have got shit music at the minute, I think. Like, yeah. there's, there's more bad music nowadays than there was, say, back in the Attitude Era. When Jim Johnson was, like writing instrumental tracks where he had a self-imposed limit of four chords. <laughs> that was when wrestling was... You had you know, the magic. You had the magic right there. Favourite wrestling music of all time? Give me a few. Uh, number one is The Brood by A Country oh, Mile. Yes. That's the best out of all yeah. of them, I think. Oh, you gotta love The Brood. Now, The Brood music is absolutely excellent. I remember like listening to that on WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. With, when it was like, you know, the low quality ringtone. Like, and there's only like three beats of the track and they just put it on a loop <laughs> with the gif that was meant to be the entrance video. I've got strong memories of like, of that music. I think that music is probably why they got over. I, I definitely agree. It's a big part of the brood package, isn't it? I mean, the music fits perfectly. That's yeah. one of the reasons why it was so great. Some other ones then from you. Kurt Angle. Oh, so good. <laughs> Don't we have a... I know it was a you or someone we know who thought that that was a good song to play at the end of sexual intercourse. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> the thing me and my old housemate used to... It doesn't really matter, though. Um, <laughs> JBL. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is possibly... Clang, 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 clang. Because I always get the same sort of feeling in my stomach when I'm listening to JBL's music. It seems like I should be queuing up for a log flume ride or something somewhere. <laughs> I'll tell you right now about JBL's music. I've heard it a good 20,000 times. Mm. I laugh every time the cow comes in. <laughs> it's like, he is, he is from New York because there are stock bells. And oh yeah, Texas because a cow. <laughs> Any other ones that spring to uh, mind? One more mention would be Jack Swagger's music, the Real Americans theme. Oh my that gosh. That you cannot be. I, I hate the bagpipes. That is the only piece of music I actually really think it fits. Oh, it's... it's I think... I, I've got that thing stuck in my head so much. Uh, when Chris Pilkington or or Mixmaster did the remix of us with that. Oh yeah. Where England ain't nothing but a place full of pancakes. <laughs> that like I realise how much. I think I I was obsessed with it so much. I may have bullied you into learning it on the. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I know it now. It's a precious skill. What about yourself? What what kind of music? What other ones? Oh, go! I'd say we start off in like 
you know the the eighties or whatever. Jake the Snake Roberts entrance music. Mm. As my brother that. once referred to it, John Carpenter's The Wrestler. Like it's <laughs> so good though. It's so atmospheric. The original Jake the Snake Roberts one, yeah, particularly really good. Also a big fan of uh, Trust Me. Trust Me. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? <laughs> we, uh, in our previous life, we had a radio show called Radio Cart 64, which had a regular segment on it where I would read out a bunch of facts, one of which was a dirty lie, and Billy had to guess <laughs> which one was which. And he won, like, every <laughs> he week. He won every one. It's you a lot, never beat him. <laughs> it's a lot harder to trick Billy than you, than you yeah, think. Yeah, he's pretty savvy. But we would play the trusty music in the <laughs> Although it's now time, we, uh, we have a little bit of fun here now and then. Oh, we were playing songs. Ha 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 ha, it was a good time, it was a laugh. But he was smiling at the moment. He can smile much longer. Because we're about to do a segment of the show now. A segment of the show where I take control. A segment of the show called Trust Me. Trust Me. Trust Me. Trust Me. Trust me, trust me. Trust me on Radio Kart 64. Uh, each week on Trust Me, it's my job to come up with three facts or possible falsehoods for Billy Keeble to uh, have a listen to, two of which are complete codswallop, and one of them is as truthful as Barack Obama's birth certificate. Other ones of, of note, Honky Tonk Man. Oh man, now that is a serious campfire alone on the acoustic guitar song. It's brilliant, like, yeah. uh, I love it. I love, I know I love most about it is just like, it sums up the character perfectly, it fits his gimmick perfectly, and I just love him kind of managing to move his shoulders back and forth, somehow equates in his mind to him playing guitar. <laughs> Fucking love it. I love that it's upbeat, I love that it's happy-go-lucky, and I love hearing that music in my head when I watch Honky Tonk Man be a right prick. It's perfect. I shoot interviews, like, <laughs> making fun of people for having strokes, and like, up my long hair, burn him, hair him, magnum, you know. Live the gimmick, brother. Live the gimmick. Let's see, other ones. Shawn Michaels' entrance music. Yeah. I've always been. Kind of wore off on me after a little while, I think. I think it's like, kind of, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's lasted so long, and it suits him so well. Yeah, that's um, true, it is, like, that actually is iconic, that is genuinely. It just genuinely... suits, like, kind of, like, you know, you get that nice early 90s buzz off it, almost. Yeah, he's one know? of the few guys that's had the, the one theme for the longest time. Let's see, other entrance music, which I'm a big fan of, Dan Severn's entrance music. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think that is just like the most, it, it fills me full of dread. I think it's the most, <laughs> most badass thing ever. No chance, corporation thing. Oh, of thing. course, yeah, the corporation thing. put that right up there as one yeah. of the, uh, the all-time great. I could go on and on and on. I think The Undertaker's theme as well. Yeah. I like, there's a theme which I used to hear so often, and then like, it still gives me like goosebumps hmm. when I hear it in certain contexts. Oh yeah, totally. When it's WrestleMania and you're watching it live, even on yeah. TV, you still get goosebumps just from hearing that. I used to listen to that on repeat, like, cause Paul Bear had that on WWF Attitudes. You just listen to that and like, you know, Bob's your uncle, Sally's your aunt. Well, we could talk about what good music there was in wrestling till the cows come home. Like, but I mean, what are the worst themes do you reckon? Fucking hell, there's so when many. When it's bad, man. it's really bad. Um, oh God, let me think. Worst wrestling themes. Anyone's Our truth. Oh, oh Jesus! Even when he's out of breath, take it as the instrumental version without our truth on it. It's literally just. It's so rubbish, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Really bland. The Rhodes Brothers mashup theme they had with Smoke and Mirrors versus Gold Dust music. Oh God, that is. I think that was the greatest thing about Stardust debuting was that that song went away. <laughs> we were away. done with that. Uh, somebody's got a bad history of mashups. We'll get into more of it later, but obviously Ryback and Curtis Axel's oh. 
uh, entrance music. Abysmal. Most music in WCW in the 90s will probably uh, would, would fit into that category for me. Because what about, um, oh yeah, the, the rip-off themes you mean. Because most of them are rip-off yeah. themes or just like really underwhelming, not suitable, they didn't think about it. Like, I suppose themes where you could tell where they literally just didn't give it any thought. Like, uh, Scotty Goldman, Cole Cabana. Yeah. His or, entrance um, music springs to mind. Cesaro's current music is oh. pretty generic default wrestler like number one. It's fucking Crazy Frog or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, it's absolutely hysterically bad. Favourite things, though, at wrestling music, there's a couple of little ones I want to get into before I review the album. There was something I was very obsessed with recently, which was wrestlers who've got themes and then they turn baddie. Oh, they have the dark theme. And they have the dark yeah. version of the theme. Which is like, Eddie Guerrero originally was like, Allah, a cheat, a steal, I don't care if you don't like me. Everybody wants to fight me. He's like, oh, this is yeah. Eddie Guerrero, you know. And then he became baddie. Yeah. Like, Allah, a cheat, a steal, I don't care you don't like me, bite me. Like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You stepped over the line. Like It's like when they just change it an octave lower. Yeah, doink. <laughs> that, that, that's the sound that gives me a legitimate I, I, I tell you another trope we were obsessed with briefly as well is wrestlers that have a soundbite at the start of their uh, Oh music. yeah. How do you like me now from Bob Holly? It's me, it's me, it's DDP. Well, I'll be damned. I'll show you, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you! You'll see! Stevie who, who, who thought? Who better than Kanye? Who better than Kanye? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, your music should announce your arrival. You shouldn't have to fucking say a bit. I'll show you. You'll see. <laughs> like, who thought? It's like, there's something. Listen to Stevie Richards' entrance music, which I think is one of the worst themes ever. Yeah, it life. is. Sitting there going. It, 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 it's missing it's, something. <laughs> and someone goes, no, it's not missing a theme or an actual tune or melody. It's missing Stevie Richards, who's got well-documented problems with his voice, going... Ah, ah. <laughs> That's what you want when you're coming out to rest the poem. The sound of a man trying to get a child off his lawn, like... <laughs> now, when we're talking about theme music in general, this seems like the best time I'm going to get to bring this up on the podcast, but it's... Something that was pointed out to me recently that I'd taken for granted my whole life and never realised till just now. My girlfriend who has just started watching wrestling, she made a comment about the Big Show's music. And I'd literally never realised before. Her point was, you wouldn't have Seamus coming out going, Will it Seamus? Like, saying Seamus over and over and over again. True. Is what? it just me? or like Because I always took for granted. I always just thought, no, the song is saying... This is a big show. Yeah, exactly. His name happens to be the big exactly. show. Exactly. It's, it's a double meaning. I think that's why he gets away with it. But when you look at it on the surface, they are just saying his name. I over mean, and over Big again. Show is is fortunate in the sense that his name is essentially adjective noun. So I yeah, mean, that's he, true. he does get like you know, like you know, important match. If that was your name, <laughs> you know, you could probably get away with that as well. Big Show's music, I suppose, honorable mention as well. Yeah. Just for the fact that it used to be well, well, it's the Big Show, and then he became. Heel and it went here. It's the big, big show. Yeah, the um, acoustic version of that we were rather. Yeah, you can on YouTube. There's like the the band that do that. Do like a shit an band. Like, like they're all sat on wooden bar stools. <laughs> the guy's got his eyes closed. Like well, it's the big show. And like hitting his fists against oh. his knees. Like you know, there are some uh, ups and downs in Big Show's theme, but generally I think it's a pretty good song. There was like a period, and I think this is when W Originals came out where they suddenly realised they were like, kids like music, and Vince has never known what's cool. Yeah. The famous story of Heyman 
lobbying Vince McMahon to get System of a Down for WrestleMania 19. Oh, who yeah. were like one of the hottest bands in the world at the time. And Vince like not even knowing who they were. And yeah. likewise, a similar thing happened. Like SummerSlam 94, Metallica apparently they wanted. And Vince is like, the fuck are they? And they were like the hottest band in the world. Uh. What Vince thinks is like what the kids listen to is usually the themes that open most of the pay-per-views these days. And that is translated into the rest of his music now. And there's this awful mix between new metal and aggressively shit hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like POD, basically. I think Vince McMahon thinks is kind of like, that's what the kids are into. That's what kids still love. And have been into for the last 10 years consecutively. Which brings us to WWE Originals. This was the longest 40 minutes of my fucking life. Because I realised, without a crowd there to look at, (laughs) and look at signs, and fucking keep myself entertained... Or without commentators to get pissed off when something yeah. was shit and me to pick up on it. I was literally sat there looking at this screen. I tried to I tried to make dinner. I tried to work around it. But I literally at the end of the day, I couldn't get around the fact I had to sit down and listen to this thing. I'm just pissed off that I have, like, just... I've built up this big back catalogue of about 30 or 40 albums that I'm still meaning to get around to listening to. <laughs> to, listen to and I one. find the time to listen to this, but not anything else. Sorry, Tom Wade's Heart of a Saturday Night. Get out of here. Jim Johnson and WWE <laughs> Originals are going to take us by storm. We're gonna go... <laughs> track by track. Track by track. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So I'm only going with the... You've, you've skipped the... Um... The on on your listen through, you didn't listen to the little skits. I didn't listen to skits. I listened to the meat of it, the right, music, because okay. yeah, I, I believe Steve Austin had some words with 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 old Jimmy J. I can't even tell you. It was like Mrs. Brown's boys levels of unfunny. It was so awkward and <laughs> stiff, <laughs> genuinely. And it just felt like because it's Steve Austin talking to a microphone, it just felt like he was gonna be like, I've "Gotta take a little pause for the cause now." Our next track is by the Dudley Boys. If they did a thing where Austin was DJing the album or something, <laughs> that'd be sweet. But it's just. There's four tracks throughout the album, and all of them are just Jim Johnston and Stone Cold having arguments. And they're not even funny arguments. I was going to say, like, I've listened to the podcast there where he interviewed Jim Johnston, and, uh, like, I love Jim Johnston, Worship the Grain the Man Walks mm. On, but he's not a talker. He's a dry, dry man. Because we watched the documentary about yes. it, uh, him and the music recently, and he's just not very. You know, well, he's like you, Linda McMahon, bless him, he's not a performer. You'll notice the Jim Johnston documentary about him, he appears in like 10% of it, I think. <laughs> that it, basically, just talking to everyone else and playing the music. He's not a talker, don't bother listening to those tracks. Okay. Starting us off was the track which inspired us to do this review in the first place. <laughs> do you remember when Bubba Ray and Devon decided to sing the national anthem that one time? We talked about the <laughs> WrestleMania 2000 episode, yeah. which sounded like cats being killed by rodents. It's just like... These two lads are the last guys on the roster. <laughs> yeah. The last guys on the roster who should have sang a track. But God bless them, they did it anyway. It's Bubba Ray and Devon with We've Had Enough. We had enough uh, of the what you coulda, the what you woulda, the what you shoulda done <laughs> to avoid the unbeatable dogs and undefeatable too. <laughs> we had enough of the what you coulda, the what you woulda, the what you shoulda done. To avoid the unbeatable dogs and undefeatable too. We had enough. Oh no. They've had enough. Of the what you would have. What you could have. What you should have done. Shouting. Two cartoon pigs singing a song together. It's like, right, if you got a part of the podcast where me and Adam and Billy are really angry at something and they're shouting loads. 
and you just put a fucking drum track over it. That's what this song is. <laughs> the Doom it's It is like, well. Prepared for toe to toe. Let's go. Prepared for head to head. Nuff said. <laughs> like, Johnson, not a lyricist, is he? Clearly not. He's got a master. He knows those four chords. Yeah. He knows how to build them up to a crescendo when the wrestler gets into the ring. And then how to repeat those. But the lyrics sound like, let's get ready to rumble by Anton Deck or something like that. It aspires like, to be that level. Let, we're going to go out and, you know, we're going to have a pop, but we're going to do it in a good, clean fashion or whatever. There's nothing really that aggressive about them in this. They've just had enough. They've had enough, like, I, I love it. It's like, Bubba Ray, like, spends the first half of the track shouting as Devon goes, ha <laughs> He's having a proper chuckle. And when you look at the lyrics on the internet as well, you can't help but notice just how... I mean, I'll, I'll show you these, Kevin, while I read them out, but... So, come on, come on, come on, do you hear us? Come on, come on, come on, are you with us? Hands in the air if you feel us, come on. Hands in the air if you feel us, come on. Uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, what? I can't believe he went with hands in the air and didn't put wave him like you just don't no. care. Like. Hands in the air if you feel us, come on. I was going to say, if it just because it rhymes, Double J, doesn't mean you have to go ahead and yeah. put it in there. It's already awkward they call themselves wrestlers as well in the track. They're like, oh, the other wrestlers aren't good enough as us. Like, Part of me wants to be wedged to this. Mm. <laughs> Walk down the aisle like, we've had enough of the... But, you know, Devon's verse, when Devon nips in there, it becomes this kind of like... Like expected rap and Devon's not comfortable no, with definitely the, not. with the rapping. When the hands in the air comes, it knows when it's kinda like, right, Devon obviously had very little input in this. Yeah. I doubt the Dudley boys are sat down kinda going, What if we said hands in the air? Like, you know. <laughs> Making notes on the lyrics. Yeah, so Devon does his little rap and uh, then they have a line something they talk about getting all the women mm. and then they said they're tough like denim. I was just to the person who was in the room what passed and this is the only part they heard and they just said Women doesn't rhyme with denim. And like, they didn't even say it in a way where women, you could go women, denim, you know, but they, they, went, they went women, denim. denim, um, in, you know, they, they pr proper went well, for not it. only that, but denim is, it's denim tough. The amount of denim jeans I've torn in my life, like, it's not Mate, that Dudley denim. boys obviously are buying the high-end Wranglers, you know, <laughs> with your fucking Primark out yeah, here, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, they call New Jack flabby and sick in this as yeah. well. Yeah, this is a bit uncalled for. I love that they thought, that WWE Originals on a track called We've Had Enough that features the phrase wave your hands in the air they thought that was an appropriate moment <laughs> to do a shoot like I imagine Bubba Ray like bullying Jim Johnson like no put that lyric in we're gonna call him out like you know the bad blood between the Dudleys and New Jack spilled over into this into happy the music. into the song titled We've Had Enough like and I love in the ad for this it's just like you see the two of them singing and they're just like have their hands no, on the going, headphones yeah, head, you know Fucking so, diabolical. Yeah, let's just mention that now. Whenever you listen to one of these, you actually have to imagine the wrestlers in a recording booth with when headphones they're... on. Like It's the funniest image. And Jim Johnson being like Rick James and Eddie Murphy's party all the time, like behind the glass, <laughs> one hand on the cans, kind of thumbs up thumbs and up nodding. Like, you know, we've had enough. <laughs> Coming up next, mm. Trish Stratus. Sorry to call so late, I just, I was missing you and I just wanted to talk. Maybe we can talk tomorrow. Make up your mind, don't you want me like I, I want to feel that, I 
following the logic the that they seem to have, which is if you're a woman on the roster, you obviously have to be able to sing. Yeah, you have to be, and you have to be able to sing about feelings. There's like a massive assumption, I think. It's, uh, well, you know, in terms of the sexist things they do, making assumptions that women can sing and dance is probably the least of their offenses. But WWE seem to just take it as a given that if you are a woman and you want to be a wrestler, you're also like, you know, you're fucking vaudeville. You're like, yeah, you know, you can do it all. You're Bruce Forsyth. You can do a bit of fucking magic and entertain the troops and sing and dance and do some of the old <laughs> show tunes and do a little ballroom number at the end of it as well. Trish Stratus doing this song about feelings. It's like a substandard Shania Twain track from an album that she never released. I kind of so shit. I went with like Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, you know, because she's a bit at the start where she's on the phone. She's like, "Ah, oh, shit, I don't normally do this." Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> basically, the opening to this song is Dream Phone. Yeah, near enough. You pick up the Trish Stratus card and it's like, boom, boom. I know who it is, but I'm not telling. <laughs> you know, the women's songs in this. Can we just go through the, the titles of them, right? The, the guys who've got titles like Can You Dig It, Crossing Borders, We've Had Enough. Yep. The women have tracks such as I Just Want You. When I Get You when Alone. When I Get You Alone. And You Just Don't Know Me At All. So, you know, oh, Stacey Keebler, Why Can't We Just Dance. Not a great breadth of uh, topics. The lyrics to this song were pieced together from Love Heart Candies. <laughs> I fell asleep during the listening of this track. This one I genuinely tuned out. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to apologise. I'm not going to sit there and force myself to listen to every word of a song. That Adam I don't Bibolo like. not paying attention to the core structure of "I Just Want You Alone" <laughs> exposes the business. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing to say about this one. It's boring. A couple of things about this I want to know before we move on. Number one, imagine this, right? A love song with lyrics like "Baby, I want you alone. I need you. I need you here. I yeah. think about you all the time." Jim Johnson looks a little creepy. Yeah, he does. Particularly in his older years, just imagine him, like, you know, writing his long quill, like, you oh. know, licking it, going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and when I get you alone. <laughs> you know, he, he, Poor he, Jim Johnson. I know, but he's not a romantic man by any fucking stretch. Clearly, as his lyrics prove. I know. And, and another one is, well, I want to point this out, like, Trish Stratus, like most female wrestlers, sadly, because as a man who's been to a few signings in his time, I've dealt with uh, having to view poor female wrestlers mm. having to deal with gross male wrestling yeah. fans who don't know boundaries and they don't know how to act around women or you know celebrity women even at that and it's gross and to think that Trish has to sing a song where she's like I want you so bad <laughs> just thinking about A a weirdo male wrestling fan listening to this yeah. and beaten off to it. With his signed Trish Stratus t-shirt or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and he's got mirrors in her eyes, so it looks like he's looking oh. at <laughs> Or B, a gross male wrestling fan singing this song and Trish Stratus just being like upset. Like, Oh, Kevin. So that's what this song made me think. It's going to be a fun podcast. Speaking of fun, <laughs> our next track. <sighs> right, this I... I was mildly offended by this, I think. Yeah. Crossing Borders by Rey Mysterio. Life is hard, man. La vida is dura. Gotta believe in yourself, sin duda. No es chiste, es mi cultura. Si yo puedo con alma. Crossing borders. Crossing borders. Crossing borders. I'm sure there's a double meaning in here somewhere, Jim. Gee. I wonder what it is. I'll start off the bat. I've never had a real chance to say this. I think we spotted him on Starcade, mm. uh, where he was wowing us. But yeah. in terms of, you know, 
main timeline, you know, uh, WWE and whatnot. I fucking hate Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I fucking hate Rey Mysterio. Not, I've only the only Rey Mysterio I know is Rey Mysterio. The last three years, Rey Mysterio. I never saw him in his prime. This was a confusing song because they were not only crossing borders metaphorically, they were crossing languages as well. Good call to him. That gives Ray a very big advantage because, like, we can't hear the stupid shit that the lyrics are. You know, it genuinely it sounds more impressive when it's foreign. And I can't understand it. They do this whole thing though, and they constantly do it where it's kind of like, "Yo, it's for the you know the Latino people and stuff like that." And I get yeah. that, but half of it is in English. Half of it is in Spanish. So yeah. it's not really for the Latino. It's, it's for Latin Americans who can speak <laughs> yeah. who can speak Spanish and English. If you speak just Spanish or speak just English, this song you're not going to understand because you start a sentence in one language and end it in another one. So really, if you want to enjoy this, you have to learn both languages. They're promoting being bilingual, really. It's a lot of work for like a song that's probably shit once you get to... <laughs> Ray Mysterious wants you to have a good education is all it is. It's a fucking vine, this, though. You yeah, know, it is so repetitive. Tune. I mean, Boring. Rey Mysterio has had some pretty awful entrance music over the years as well, including one performed by P.O.D., as we previously uh, mentioned. Including one as well where one of the lyrics says, gonna make you tap out. Rey Mysterio oh, yeah. has not got a submission maneuver. Uh, why has he got a submission maneuver there, then? Yeah, that's making sense, <laughs> doesn't it? I love on this album how it kind of... The start of the song doesn't feel like it, but by the end of it, it's like, oh, it's a spoken word track, isn't it? Yeah, it's not singing, it's not rapping, it's just... Most of them are spoken words. Yeah. Or shouted words. Yeah. And this the girls no have exception. a go at singing, but most of the guys are just shouting and rapping. I love Tijuana, and I love San Diego, but I just had to go. That's the chorus. There you go. He's like, I, lo I love Mexico, but you had to go, like, you know. Had to go. In the lyric as well, he goes, everyone knows me now. And then he goes to the refrain, life is hard, life is hard. <laughs> I'm sure life is hard. Because I'm sure Eddie, I'm sure Ray had to like really rough it when he emigrated to uh, to America. He didn't get signed to a lucrative wrestling deal and make millions of dollars. <laughs> like, you know, guys, if you if you want to immigrate to America so bad, just just get a multi-million dollar wrestling deal. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Just become a millionaire. God, life is hard. Where am I going to put my giant bag of fucking money for my no-compete clause? He's a man of the people, Ray Mysterio. Clearly, like, is this song pro-immigration? I couldn't tell you, Kevin. I wasn't paying any attention to it. Like. Crossing borders. Yeah, it's just. I think it's. It's meant to be about borders in our lives or some bullshit. I don't understand. So not crossing actual borders. Well, no, no. Because I'm worried that if like people listen to the song, they go, "Oh, all right," and then they go to cross a border. JVL's gonna be there with his magalite and his his tan, <laughs> his tan jacket that one time. Like, get out of America! <laughs> Stay out of America! You know, I'm worried that they might be getting themselves in a jam by listening to this song. Listen, the message is Rey Mysterio's cool. He can rap as well as do flips. Life is hard. <laughs> Coming up next. Yeah, another Steve Austin interlude. Just oh, yeah. Mention this one because this is the one that actually did make me laugh. This is the one bit that was pretty funny. The entire time in the previous skit and in this one, they've been faffing around like Austin's meant to be recording his song, but he's just been too busy faffing. And in this one, he's finally like, fine, fine, hand me that guitar over here. And then they just splice in this really mean, like really complicated guitar solo. And just the thought of Stone Cold, like this little bald head, like finger picking with both hands. They Hilarious. did that in, uh, in Simpsons Sing the Blues in Look at All Those Idiots, Mr. Burns' song. <laughs> Smithers picks up a guitar and goes, 
Like, you know, <laughs> kind of ripping that off a little bit there. Yeah, it was like, good. And then they ran it into the ground for like two minutes afterwards where they just chatted some more. I love the fact that the, clearly the conversation happened, which is like they wanted Stone Cold to do a song. And he's like, oh, but I can't sing. Like, yeah. Unlike the Dudley Boys <laughs> or Rey Mysterio or fucking Booker T. Like, yeah, you got to keep Stone Cold protected, though. Yeah, clearly. So Austin got his, his spoken word bits. Everyone else got a spoken word bit with a backing track <laughs> from Rock Band. Can You Dig It by Booker T. It's the Booker Man, y'all. Can you dig it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> can you yeah. dig it? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Can you dig it? Yeah. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah, it's all real. You can find me in the stage, center of attention. Uh. Booker T's here like Vin Diesel's triple accent. On the count of three, I want y'all to spit it. One, One two, two, three, can you can dig, you it, dig it? it? Yeah, doing it like it go. Doing it like a G.O. go, baby. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I can't dig it, mate. I'm sorry. I tried to dig it, but I can't. I was really hoping that it was just going to be a cover of Can You Dig It by the Stone Roses. Can you dig it? Oh yeah, you know the one. So, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. S- sadly not. Though. It's not. Right. Now, can you dig it? You sing too. Most of the words in this song are <laughs> you hate. It's, I looked at the lyrics online. I was like, is he just groaning, like groaning or what? And no, it's it just uh, 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 no. You are uh, exaggerating. Uh, uh. There's lots of hehes. There's lots of yes. There's lots of hahas as well. It's literally just can you dig it? <laughs> oh, go break it down. <laughs> <laughs> Can you dig it? Booker obviously like was just giddy. <laughs> it genuinely like couldn't stop laughing. Like, like a presenter that the auto key was broken or something. He's just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna bring it back up again now. <laughs> What's a shame is because like you know you and I kind of started watching wrestling together around the time of Booker T on commentary, and I feel there's a large kind of gap in the market for a cassette boy like remix with Booker <laughs> T saying Shucky Ducky Quack Quack Fay Five Sin Cara got a mark on his boots Squaw Look at the squaw there by Cesaro. Booker T has got the unfortunate pleasure on this rap of getting references which by the time the album was released were out of date. Booker T is here, like Vin Diesel triple Xing. Oh no! Reference no, no, X. no! Fucking hell! I don't, you mate, I was more of a triple X2 man with Ice Cube, oh. like, you know, but um, yeah, this thing reeks of the mid 2000s. This one song though did remind me of something particular, which we've got to play a little clip of here, which I'm gonna go on record in terms of. Because there's been jobbers and there's been guys who've just appeared or guys who've not had their actual music ready and they've had placeholder music. Mm. But in terms of an act that were promoted and were put, you know, upper card, so obviously a lot of thought went in and had it for so long, I think this is the worst wrestling track of all time. It's Rob Van Dam and Booker T's mashup that uses a bit of this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you dig it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. Right, now, basically, for those of you at home who want to know what the whole song is like, just imagine the entire Booker T song if your mate came in behind you and went, What of a kind! 
<laughs> you know, it culminates in the ring like, <laughs> You know, the amount of spilled hot beverages on the uh, when this one came out, like, good God in heaven. Rubbish. They, they fall into the stereotype in, in, in wrestling. Like, if you happen to be, like, an African-American, they're going to expect you to be able to rap, I You'll guess. rap, yeah. Booker T cannot rap. No. He had no business being on this album. He got exposed. God. Here comes a bit of brevity. This a is bit brilliant. of comedy. This is my favourite track on the yeah, entire definitely. album. Uh, and another one which I think made us kind of go... Because you listen to the lyrics of this one, we're like, all right, we have to review this yeah. thing. I Don't Suck by Kurt Angle. Whoa, before you get started, I have something to say. I don't suck, I don't suck. Jesus, lads. This is perfect. I'm I'm talking from a kayfabe point of view. This is brilliant. Because I can imagine goofy Kurt Angle, like, coming and going, like, I've got a great idea for a song. Imagine Christian on the other side of the recording booth, like, giving him the thumbs up. Kazoo's, like, you know, like, who reduced her kazoo backing track, like, you know? (laughs) Kurt Angle's entrance music is, is, I think, I don't know if he mentioned it, but I think that's one of the greatest entrance musics ever. For sure. In terms of just summing up a feel. If Kurnangle's meant to be serious and be an American hero, that music is appropriate. If yeah. Kurnangle's meant to be an overbearing asshole who like doesn't realise what a dick he is, the music is also perfect. It kind of it just slots in perfectly. It fits every op- it fits every occasion. It's absolutely perfect for Kurt Angle. What it's not perfect for though is the basis of a song where you should put in lyrics. It's very like duh, duh, you know, there's a lot of beats there. It's just sped up, isn't it? Duh, 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 duh. I don't suck. Duh, I don't suck I don't so yeah it just says I I don't suck I don't suck I don't suck I uh, now come on the lyrics are better than that in the first verse we have the line start at the bottom long for the top I'll always be here to make your dreams stop it's like he's Jim a dream Johnson. stopper isn't he Jim Johnson ran out of lyrics in this like make your dreams stop like the lyrics in this I had a genuine stab of just doing my own ones off the top of my head. Like, you come in here and you think that you are bad, but you are not. You are actually sad. One look at me and you know that I'm good. I'm going to go have lunch and eat some fudge. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so like... It like it's like Kurt wrote it himself. Yeah, and that's why it, that's why I love it. I think this actually is a perfect track. This is the one diamond in the rough on this album. Yeah, and I like as well that Kurt is inflections as well. My life is on fire, and you're ice cold. What would you do that would ever scare me? All of you out there, I am a dog. You're a flea. <laughs> Mate, I've been burned bad. Yeah, seriously. You just, third degree, really. like. I'm third degree burns. Now, there is one really weird line in this. I think we're both about to refer to the same one. To do with his body. Let's just play the clip here. Because we heard this one the first time. We're like, no, yeah. he didn't say that. But he did. It's like this body when wrapped in leather. Perfection and it gets no better. Anything you do, I can do better. Even when I rap, I rap more better. It's like this body when wrapped in leather. Perfection. And it gets no better? So that's three betters in the space of four lines. He rhymes better with better. Sorry. The the kind of the real one that struck me there was the leather. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) 
Well, when when did Kurt Angle wear leather? Never. For, for his ring attire? <laughs> Never. Well, now I can't get the image out of my head of Kurt Angle wearing leather pants. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. Woo! <laughs> Kurt Angle wearing leather pants and a leather jacket with no top on. And then <laughs> singing that and looking at himself in the mirror. A little leather hat on yeah. his <laughs> It gets no better. Like this body. Wrapped in leather. The fuck are you talking about? What? What? <laughs> leather? Are they implying that he's like into shit? Clips for sale angle over here? Like, <laughs> your Olympic fetishist? Like, when what's wrapped, going on? When wrapped in leather. Wrapped in well, leather. Wrapped like a mummy. I mean, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but like, that does correspond to some pretty fucking weird shit out there, mate. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, it's all totally fine. It's totally fine. Each of their own. <laughs> he uses the word braggadocious as well the only white rapper in tune with the brothers you've lost me there now mate like, <laughs> call it brothers yeah uh, uh, kayfabe uh, Kurt Angle yeah, the kayfabe so what asshole. Kurt Angle is a racist sadomasochist is what we're taking from this song he's not a big fan of the black people as oh as we said. all know of course <laughs> in, in previous iterations I'm just saying folks when you sit down and listen to a song called I Don't Suck by Kurt Angle you didn't expect to peel back this many layers of the man's character <laughs> I've come away with this going Jesus Christ we know a lot more about him now yeah I'm just saying the whole bestiality sex thing with Kurt Angle back in the day kind of makes it a bit of shocking sense now the clues were there all along people you should have listened to WWE originals coming up next it's one of the few people who actually was a musician before this started however they were only a bass player and this marks their singing debut it's Lita with When I Get You Alone straight away sounds like you know it sounds like it's going to be decent I think it sounds a little bit like the distillers or someone like that you know I thought the name of the track did not suit the character not at all the lyrics didn't suit the character at all either I slide. thought like Lee would be more kind of a let's go trash the mall type kind of uh, yeah, vibe yeah. again it, like. it's literally Jim Johnson being like oh she's female made this one about you know when I get you alone because the, the, the style of music fits Lita like really well yeah the lyrics don't at all it is actually pretty I'd say of all the songs it has the best tune oh definitely yeah it's, 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 it's I, melodic I think, is, I think this is a decent track it actually is alright the lyrics are fucking like Jimmy J has got I think the issue here is that he's used to the wrestlers entrances being kind of like like no chance first verse mm, awesome love it you know any of these lads when you get into the second verse yeah sketchy territory like you know, uh, Just Look At Me by Rob Conway. Oh, yeah. Just Look At Me. I call this Jim Johnson's curse, which is the fact that he expects most wrestlers to be done and dusted by the one-minute mark. Yeah. I'm talking one chorus and one verse if there's lyrics, no questions asked. Yeah. So you can start off, I'm using Rob Conway as an example, one of my favourite themes of all time. Just look at me. <laughs> you know, first thing, just look at me, yeah, oh, just look at me. Ain't I a sight to see the whole damn world wants to look like me, but they don't, so just look at me. That's good. Let's go down to stanza three, though. Every time I stare into the mirror, it's a great surprise. Each time I stare in that mirror, baby, 
and I realise why they all look at me, just look at me. See, they just, it stops rhyming now. <laughs> Jim forgets everything. He just starts throwing words at it. Like, it's like a songs of a word count. He has to make it up. This happens to poor Lita here as well. Yeah. First verse, yeah, we're kind of all right. And then we kind of like, uh, things kind of promptly fall apart at the scene. All my life, they told me I was wrong. And it's on that 90s punk kind of like, on their left, they told me I was wrong. wrong. I don't care if you don't like me. <laughs> Bite me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really dodgy, isn't it? It is. You, I, I'm not going to lie as well. Lita can't really sing. She, like, no, she's not. She, it, she gives it a good go, but I mean, her voice just isn't strong enough for this kind of track, I don't think. By a frog's hair, I came. I'm doing like very small distance between my forefinger and my thumb to show a frog's hair. He I'm is. Sure. I get very close to uh, interviewing Lita on her ill-fated, self-financed European tour with her band, the Lucha Gores. Oh, really? Back in the day when she stopped by the Roisin Dove in Galway yeah. uh, for the Black Lodge. Like, but uh, sadly, it didn't come to pass. Lita's musical career was a bit like... I was. Ha- She's kind of taking the view now, which is like, it was something I wanted to do, so I'm happy I did it, which is nice. I hope Jericho could think that way oh, one day. Oh, <laughs> someday. Poor Jericho. Jericho, Fozzie's just an in-joke that's gone out of hand. <laughs> no one's had the heart to turn around and fucking tell him. But whereas Lita, like, she kind of, like, she she paid money to go out and do it. And, like, yeah. then I think she realised, all right, this isn't making financial sense. Jericho, not so much. No. But, um, yeah, decent enough track. It's like something you'd hear on Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Or Basically, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice effort. Coming up next... It's someone who's also been a previous... Uh, <sighs> she's released albums and yeah. singles and nearly brought herself to financial ruin on it. It's the only person to leave WWE for a musical career and then come back because of a musical career. <laughs> Lillian Garcia with You Just Don't Know Me At All. We don't. Fair point. title was a reference to all the superstars names she's flubbed over the years <laughs> long island i see jack swagger <laughs> trendy orta we could go on we yeah. always give lillian a hard time like who doesn't it's just standard lillian trash though. you say that but I, when i think of lillian garcia singer i think of like you know country or i think of the national anthem or it's... tori wilson's entrance music she did that i did not know that yeah this is just a cheap Poundland knockoff of Evanescence. Yes, yes, she's trying to be definitely. We're, we're still in 2004. Yeah, so it's Daredevil would have come out like yeah. that's where that song became ludicrously popular. Yeah, and yeah, Lillian Garcia, she's like she's a great singer. I tried to explain to my uh, my friend the other night. Like they were like, oh well, like if they're a great singer, why didn't like you know why didn't it go so well for them? See, I don't know. It takes more than being a great singer to be a successful musician. There's I think. a lot of great singers out there. An awful lot of great singers. Lillian is probably objectively the best singer who's on this thing. On this album, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Even then, she struggles to keep up with this kind of track, I think. It's not her it's style. It's not her style. Yeah. Lillian Garcia, you want her to fucking sing a song about, I don't know, like the weather being nice or something, <laughs> or our troops coming home safe. Your heart is bleeding. Who's sorry now? 
the uh, fuck is this? Lillian Garcia? Sounds like a Ryback promo. <laughs> I eat positivity. I shit negativity. <laughs> Lillian, not so hot on the old uh, Evanescence uh, no. trope here. Nice try, though. Coming up next, Eddie and Chavito Guerrero. Los Guerreros! Ole Eddie! Ole Chavito! Looking good, Holmes! Ah, you too, Not Mato. as good as me, baby! <laughs> <laughs> you wish, you said! Hey, check it out, Holmes! Watch it, man! Look at the mama sitting there walking down the street, hey, baby! What a ride and hard road ride! We got the Latin heat for the lady! Uh, I thought this was just their entrance music. I was hoping it was gonna be their entrance music. I actually like their entrance music. Yeah, same, I really like that track. It's really, I, I tried to not listen to the lyrics because the lyrics were mostly offensive. Like, I tried to come up with a term for it last night. I spent a bit of time on Tumblr putting this one together. But I thought self-oppressing internalized racism was a nice one for us. <laughs> but like, they play, we mentioned before about Eddie. Like, you know, you know they play up the Latino stereotype, yeah. whatever. To the max. Well, like, yeah, to, to the, the max. fucking max. It's like, hey, I'm gonna take your car. Like, hey, 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 hell, hey, man. Yeah. Like, it's a bit. The first minute of this track is just Chavo and Eddie going like, "Hey!" and just doing that. They're like banging their heads against the wall, like, ah, I'm gonna steal stuff, you can't trust me. Uh, All right, like, you know, like, it's like if I did a song and I just went on about how badly I'd tarmac your drive or something like that, <laughs> you know? It's, it's just like... Yeah, and the, and the track itself sucks. It's just like... A car alarm. It's not really. It's not a car alarm. But you know what I mean. It's it's repetitive and blaring and annoying. <laughs> the start of it is them revving up lowriders, and they're like kind of like, hey, no one likes lowriders like us. We're having the most fun ever. Couldn't stop thinking about Dave Batista and his lowriders. <laughs> if you've not seen Batista's new documentary, the one where he tries to peel back the layers of Batista, like Batista's not who you think he is. He actually uh, meets up with a bunch of single white men in Los Angeles, and they all drive around in lowriders looking sad. Oh. It's so fucking sad. Oh. So lowriders for me now, I just can't get like when lowriders meant to be like fucking cool. Snoop Dogg, yeah. Dr. Dre, cool shit, you know. I just think now Dave Batista being slightly too big for driving down to the fucking shop to buy lunch boxes <laughs> with a tear running down his eyes because he got booed at the Royal Rumble, like you know. <laughs> This is a much worse version of their entrance music, I think. It is, this is abominable. Um, because I think they realise you can't come out to this because it's just fucking racketeery noise. Like. It is, it's just a mess of audio. And it doesn't, it doesn't include my favourite bit in the original Los Guerrero's entrance music as well, which is Chavo going, If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a soundbite on a little MS-DOS game. Like, it's like you're clicking on King's Quest trying to solve things. Like, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> Seventeen <laughs> The real problematic lyrics, like it's kind of like they come towards the end because again, second verse syndrome comes in with, mm. with Jim Johnson. It's just like even more offensive. We don't never get caught for nothing, amigo. We eat all the wimps up like a sandwich. Put them in the back seat. More room. That's perfect. She has a boyfriend. I don't care. Essay. <sighs> That's a fucking lot to take wow, in. Wow, she has a boyfriend. I don't care. Put her, put her in the back seat. <laughs> don't take her there or ask her, put her there. Fucking hell. Are they gonna eat you like a sandwich if you object? I mean, fucking hell. And this is the face version of the song as well. Imagine <laughs> that like, put him in the back seat, bite me, you know. Next track. 
Next track. I don't want to talk anymore about it. I don't want to talk about this Scary. one. All right, this is about to... Uh, d- don't, don't adjust your sets, people. You've not only went down and accidentally downloaded Jericho's podcast, played his own fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in the middle of our podcast, if we just played our older episode of our podcast, going, <laughs> wow, that's great. Make sure you download that now, guys. Yeah, YTJ with Don't You Wish You Were Me. The opening bit of this is just a Pokemon crowd. <laughs> Annoying mid two thousand Jericho, go! Oh, it's really fucking derpy and weird sounding. I fucking hate Fozzy. I hate Fozzy too. I and fucking hate Fozzy. And even though this isn't quite Fozzy era Chris Jericho, like oh, it is. No, this is, is you, yeah, it's when you would have started the properly. Fozzy was actually yeah. pro- oh right, okay. yeah, because I've heard some Fozzy and it doesn't sound exactly like this. Because here, his voice sometimes sounds like he's trying to be Phil Collins. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> There's a certain quality to it that's. that's oh my god, it's Chris Jericho, you don't care anymore, mate. What are you gonna do? Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, just to get back to the important point, as you know, when I did the Jericho parody, mm. you were kind of like, man, that's a bit on the nose there, you're, when you just play a drum track with fart noises. That yeah. is what Fozzy sounds like to me. It's like in South Park, <laughs> where he listens to the new music, and it, that it is, just sounds like shit. It, yeah. That is Fozzy to me. And I read Jericho's second book, and finding out how proud he was and how much he loves Fozzy made me hate it even more. Because uh, there's nothing more... I like If he's just doing it as a joke or whatever, as we said before... As a hobby. Fun, but yeah. he, he, he legitimately thinks that his music career and his wrestling career are on equal footing. Uh, and that's so, so, so sad. Yeah. It well, really is. At least he's enjoyed himself. Like, I'll go, you know, I could be wrong, but I mean, I'm pretty sure... There's a lot more Fozzie fans who are wrestling fans than Fozzie fans who aren't wrestling yeah, fans. Yeah, for sure. You Seriously. Know? There's got to be a massive cross. I want to see that Venn diagram, basically. Yeah, basically. And just because you play at a big fucking, you know, you, you're famous and you get, you know, and because you're famous, you get signed to play at big festivals where there's loads of people there who don't know who you are. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that isn't still an issue. Saying, look, those people aren't there to see them. Put 500 people who want to see Fozzy in an arena, in a 500-seat arena, there will be a Y2J chant. That's all I'm saying, <laughs> like, you know. They will be pissed off if he doesn't put someone in the walls of Jericho. Back to the song, though. It's just noisy, shallow bollocks. Uh, I thought the chorus wasn't bad. As a teenager, I would have been all over that. Like, really? Yeah, yeah the teenage me was a big metalhead. I was into, like, this kind of sounds a little bit Avenged Sevenfoldy. this time. Oh, man, I was, more, I was more of a Green Day man myself. Uh, like, you know, We would not have got along. You'd be there brooding in your room. I would have taken a, a friend's skateboard and go buy some button badges. Stick it to the man. Trash the fucking mall, mate. Like, but yeah, this is crap. Yeah. This is really crap. Trash. And yeah, Jericho... Don't wish I were you in this instance. No, you're really not making a good case for that. Coming up next, unequivocally, my favourite song in this entire album. <laughs> I forgot about this. Rikishi, 
We all love Rikishi. Yeah, who doesn't love Rikishi? Who doesn't love Rikishi? Rikishi's so over where we are in the Attitude Era. Yeah. I'm really enjoying watching back some of his matches now, kind of going, wow, he wasn't just entertaining, but he was a he was a hell of a wrestler, mm. a powerhouse, and he could fucking go. Don't want to hear Rikishi doing a, a, a love song usually, but here he is. Rikishi, put a little ass on it. <laughs> world is crazy Holding on tight Trying hard just to keep control Don't let go But don't worry baby I'll show you tonight A way to soothe your soul Come on baby Let's go Until you stop all this shaking Put a little ass on it Oh, listen, baby Put a little ass on it Like a baby, like a baby Put a little ass on it Feel the smooth Put a little ass on it The soul, the amount of soul in that intro. Put a little ass on it. Oh my god. Put a little ass on it. This fucking is love making music right here. This is incredible. <laughs> well, I don't know about Rikishi making love to this music because he's out of fucking breath after the first chorus. Like, it's four minutes, which in respect is a bit too long to have Rikishi going. Like, he needs a fucking break at the end of this one. He sounds like Randy Newman when he sings. <laughs> I know the sun ain't where it want to be. <laughs> I can't do it. Little ass on it. It's so silly. There's so many things wrong with it. He says, like a baby. Yeah. I put a little ass on it. Like a baby, like a baby. Like a little baby. Like oh. a little child that you'd hold in your hand so sweet and innocent. Imagine my ass right now. <laughs> Imagine my ass. Like, all you're doing there is just inappropriately mixing images. It's scary. Right, what if Rikishi... It, well, he obviously wants you to think about both things. Because if Rikishi, who is a man in my... If I think of Rikishi straight away, just, I'm thinking about his ass right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks at home. You're going to think about Rikishi's ass right now. His big, weird ass, which Hardcore Holly says has got more dimples than a golf ball. <laughs> right. He says, put a little ass on it over and over again. And then he just starts coming out with these lines about his ass being like a baby. Yeah, like a baby, like what a baby. What am I meant to think? It's scary. If you did one more line of this, you would have been put in a fucking list. Yeah, seriously. I think I've been put in a list for listening to what's it. What's his intent Why is these it? What, are you, what are you planning here? Like? <laughs> what's your game, Rikishi? Fucking Barry White is spitting in his urn here. Like, I mean, like, let's get it on. <laughs> think about children. <laughs> think about them. Babies. Childbirth. You know, it's... No. Uh, I need you to follow my prescription to the letter. Put a little ass on it. That's a little forceful if you ask me. I gotta say, the backing singers are genuinely out of key. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put a little ass on it! It's really shit. These keep going up higher and higher. I think <laughs> they sung one line and then Johnson just, you know, <laughs> turns, it up. turns it up. Like. Alright, here's a question. Put a little ass on it. They're very forceful about me wanting to put a little ass yeah, on it. Yeah, they say that a few times. What does that mean? <laughs> I imagine that like 
someone's just making like a, quite a nice, uh, you know, meal for Rikishi. He's like, oh, just uh, Kish, give us a go. What do you think of this? Like, mm. Put a little ass on it, like, you know, just, you know, just shake it on or whatever. Because it's like that's literally the only thing I can imagine here. Late '90s people used to say, "Put a little stank on it." Right. Like that was a phrase. Asses stank, I guess. Uh, but that, I mean, I think they're just kind of saying like, "Hey, make it sex it up." Is that it? I, put a little ass on it. And the thing as well is that Rikishi, he's not got a little ass. No. They should no, have no, said, no, he's just saying put a little bit of that ass on it. You know, just put a little, just put a little ass on it. A little bit of his ass is still like a regular portion of ours. Just a sliver of his ass. Just the like tiniest a, bit. Just the littlest bit. Like. It's just Gordon Ramsay. Put a little ass on it. Mm, lovely. <laughs> it up. Put it in there with the penis. My only guess of this was that maybe it's like, I don't know if you ever had someone know a sore back, they might ask you to sit on their back. Put a little ass on put it. Put a little ass on it. Ooh. Back's proper throbbing today. Could you put a little ass on it? <laughs> put a little ass on it. From what I understand of Rikishi's character, he comes from a culture that greatly involves asses that we could <laughs> never understand. Yeah, we could never understand it, Kevin. So I don't think we should even bother the trying. The Simone people, obviously, you know, put a little ass on it is is uh, is deeply ingrained in that culture. I imagine it's a, a big thing for them. It's like an actual expression or a saying <laughs> that they, they could use. This isn't offensive. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's put fine. A, just mate. Pull a last on us and we'll go have a cup of tea. Coming up next, Stacey Keebler. Mm. Why can't we just dance? Don't you just want to dance? Dance, dance. Dance, dance. Dance, dance. Talking forever. I made the mistake of looking at the lyrics to this before I listened to the song. Kind of like, kind of like, oh, I, I was kind of like, oh, I bet they've given her overly sexualized lyrics or whatever, because Trisha's one was a bit creepy. Yeah, it was. Dance, why can't we just dance? Why can't we just dance, dance? Why can't we just dance, 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 the dance, 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 dance? Why can't we just dance? <laughs> why can't we just dance? <laughs> I don't know, not appropriate to dance. Maybe it's not you're a dance track. It's not a dance track. It's, it's not, not really catchy enough, to be honest with you. 57113! That's just what you, that, you listen to this track. It's something going, 57113, get cheap ringtones on your mobile phone. <laughs> listen to this song, have your ringtone, charge you 20 quid, 57113, dance! Why can't we just dance? It's, it's what it would sound like if you auto tuned a headache, this track. <laughs> It's, it's it's like it's the you know Brie Bella's Brie mode music she's got at the minute. It's that kind of sensibility. It's horrible. I listened to this and I thought, I don't think we're the target demographic. I don't think we are, Kevin. I don't <laughs> think we are. <laughs> a couple of men in their twenties. I don't think we're the target demo for <laughs> no, this. No, that's true. This is like that song Friday by uh, Rebecca Black. Yeah, in yeah. that like I think that Stacey Heber came in. She had twenty quid burning a hole in the back of her pocket. He's like, mate, can you give me a song? Yeah, here you go. Yeah. This is £20 worth of music yeah, right here. Yeah, it is. It's cheap. The bare minimum. It is technically a song. Yeah. There are words there. Music has been played. If it wasn't made 10 years ago, I'd suggest it was made in an app. <laughs> That's the kind of quality it has. <laughs> For me, this song, to sum it up, was if the right to censor entrance music was smacked upside the head <laughs> by circa 2002 Christina Aguilera. <laughs> and I love the right to censor's music. <laughs> I don't know if I made that clear earlier on, but I love the right to Sensor's entrance music. Our final track on this one, and I suppose some would argue the whole reason for this thing even being made. It's Duh, did if, you think so? You think? It's almost if they saw this track and game. get me eight wrestlers. <laughs> Make them sing so we can justify 
I mean, God, this is the days before downloads, I guess. They could have just put up this song on its own. Yeah, it would save us a hassle. John Cena, basic thugonomics. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big, basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugonomics. I'm going to give you a bit of a shot. Actually, I'm a bit of a fan of this song. You know, so am I, yeah. actually. Genuinely, I, I remember the first time I heard it back in the day, because I wasn't watching, was just on the SmackDown vs. Raw games. And I thought it was, oh, it was a pretty good track. And then listening to it in the context of I've just had 15 tracks of garbage before. It actually made you realize. It stands out. You're like, oh shit, no, this is a legitimate song. And John Cena can rap. And Cena's original character, which was the aggressive kind of white boy rapper yeah. type thing, who was a heel, this perfect. Spot on, yeah. Spot on, really, really good. good. Actually, yeah, I would fucking much prefer it to his current one. Uh. <laughs> Jeez, people are turning it off, Kevin. Stop. <laughs> so that's about does it for WWE Originals, the yeah, album. That's we that. uh that was it's not worth your time, folks. It's really. not. D- don't bother. Really don't bother. Um, track of the night MVP, would you say? John Tra- Cena. John Cena. First time I think we've ever said that. Yeah, I John think Cena. So. John Cena's the MVP of this one, like. yeah. I will say about WWE Originals, it speaks of the time. And yeah. in WWF Attitude Era, it felt like they just knew what we wanted. Yeah. And we didn't even have to ask. And I know this is looking at it 10 years later and whatnot, but I was a fan back then, and I was a young fan back then. Mm. You know, I was a teenager who was into music and was into some shit music as well. I would have been the target audience. Yeah. And this is not what, like, they were so confused because they were like TV 14 and then they were family friendly and stuff like this is like, what is this? Yeah. What is the purpose? What is the context in which this was appropriate to listen to? A party? <laughs> By mistake? <laughs> Grandmothers buying gifts for Christmas? <laughs> I know that when I was a kid, around this exact time, they released WWE Anthology, which is a three-disc set. One disc was Hogan era, one disc was New Generation and yeah. Edge era, and one disc was Current Product. That was a hell of a box And set. it was three hours of music, and I listened to that till the CDs were so scratched that they no longer read. Yeah. This... Yeah. Oh God, man! Cheap, cheap. It's a shame, and it exposes Jim Johnson, unfortunately, yeah, as a songwriter. Sadly, like my brother is often said, he plays guitar, and he's often said Jim Johnson in the late nineties, greatest job in the world. Yeah, but I think Jim Johnson mid two thousands, when this is on your place, hardest job in the world, worst fucking job. You couldn't pay him enough money to do that. There is one other thing we want to do before we go. Little Bono track on the Bono Bo- app. Bobo Bono track. Yeah. It's uh, this is from the first wrestling album I ever bought. Same, which was WF Music Vol- Five. Five. Yeah, it was five. Which featured such great tracks as Raven's entrance music. What about Raven? What about Raven? And the title track of which, a track which I remember that when this was released, Kurt Angle was upset about. He came out, he cut a promo about it, like this song is awful. Never truer words were spoken. Yeah, I could side with Kurt Angle for once. The much hype. Much publicized and outrageously successful, Pie by The Rock. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. You know, The Rock's gonna tell you a little story. You ain't gonna believe it. 
but he's going to tell you anyway. It's tough to be the rock. No, 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 shut your mouth. No, no. It really is. Okay, there's a... I love the rock. Mm. Fucking love the rock. Every time the rock appears on this podcast... He can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. A couple things about this one. It starts off as this kind of like weird... Gospel revival, soul. The start, kind of. I was immediately hooked into yeah. it. So I thought, like, oh, it's going to be some sort of arrogant The Rock Knows Better Than You song or whatever. Because Rocky used to always sing, you know, Elvis around the time. Yeah. And this was kind of like, oh, is he kind of going for like a, an Elvis in a white suit? 60s, yeah, yeah, Vegas kind of thing. Then we hit this point in the song. And it suddenly becomes a skit. Oh, like, it's yeah. literally just like, you know. Hello there, I would like to buy a pie. It's just, it's just Can I use your phone? It stops being a song without warning. It just suddenly turns into a, a Monty Python song. <laughs> so, The Rock, hell of a talker. The Rock, not, not so great on the old uh, skid here. Welcome to Rick's Bakery, can I help? Wait a minute, aren't you the famous Rock? Yeah, The Rock, people's champ. What's happening, Snake? They just start talking about pies. Boring. Oh, I got every kind of pie you can think of. I got strawberry pie, blueberry pie, apple pie, blueberry. What? No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, sick. It doesn't matter what type of pie you have. Ah. Let the rock tell you a story about pie. Right, we can say it right now. He's talking about vaginas. Yeah, that, that's the euphemism. We're talking about when Rock says he's eating pie, he is oh, performing cunnilingus on a lady, is what he's referring yeah. to. Yeah. The amount of times where I literally turned to other older people in the room going, what's he talking about, Dan? <laughs> like, I had no blues fucking I didn't know either as a kid. I just looked like, pie, you know, it's, it's what The Rock does, you know. What's a candy ass, anyway, it's, for that matter? It's, it's a bit much to expect a ten-year-old to know what cunnilingus is. Yet alone a euphemism for cunnilingus. Yeah. Yet alone a weird euphemism for cunnilingus. But now we know what it now means. Now we know. This is hard for me as a kid, because when I was a kid, I thought the word pie was really funny. Yeah. And The Rock, I think, cemented that. Not not appropriate, really, is it? Like, no. You know, the Rock is pie t-shirt as well. <laughs> oh, God, the scary, the big muscly bull with his bloodshot eyes popping out of his head and, like, <laughs> trembling a spoonful of pie. It's it's like, <laughs> blood coming <laughs> down his face. <laughs> it's just a bull eating a pie, but because of what it means, it's like the most vulgar image of the attitude. <laughs> I'm just going to say, if you're going to eat some pie, don't do it like that, Okay. <laughs> Low and slow, guys, okay? So The Rock decides he's going to tell us a story about pie. And it and immediately turns into Parappa the Rapper. It's, it's, a, it's a song of many parts. We start off with the soul, then we get a skit, and here we go with some awful, awful rap. Driving down south, though quickly aroused When my car caught a flat in this old farmhouse I hope somebody's home, taking a chance at it Knocked on the door and this fine chick answered You're the rock! Can I use your phone? I'm shaking! Sure, if you try some of this pie, I'm thinking Daisy Duke shorts on five foot stood Said sure, what the heck, I mean it did smell good So when she called rock in the kitchen towards the vapor There's a grandmother, aunt, and a Chinese neighbor I'm not kidding, how is that not Parappa the Rapper? He sounds like a chicken on level four like, driving across town when I suddenly found my car blew a tire out. Like, he sounds like he's like you know about to challenge you to press the buttons. Or yeah, uh, and he's like he's not he's not very good at Parappa the Rapper. It's like watching an unsatisfactory let's play of Parappa the Rapper. Okay, here we go. You're the rock. Can I use your phone? I'm shaking. Sure, if you'll try some of this pie I'm baking. Daisy Duke's shorts on five foot stud. I said, sure, what the heck? I mean, it did smell good. So she called rock in the kitchen towards the vapor. There's, There's a, a grandmother, grandmother aunt, aunt and a Chinese neighbor. 
You can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. Right. Chai Kingdom from Super Mario Land is one of my favourite video game songs. And that starts with that sound. And that is a is not a good sound. No. It is a bad sound. But it can't get any worse than that. It's racist. Let's just enjoy the rest of the song knowing that the racist no, bit is behind us. Bit. Knowing yeah. that the Chinese neighbour is there and they felt it necessary to enunciate that. <laughs> to announce the arrival of a Chinese neighbour. Yeah. As you would. As is tradition. As is tradition. With the Chinese national anthem. So fucking offensive. <laughs> and as a kid I was like, ah, that's funny because they're from a different country. Ah, ah. Good one, Rock. Is it rubbish not being from the West? <laughs> okay, here we go. So the Rock says... He's going to lay the smack down on some big, fat, ugly hermaphrodite. Yeah. All right. Again, that's another word which he used a lot. He was very liberal with hermaphrodite back in the day, yeah. Not cool, Rock. No, not in 2015. Not in 2015, ain't cool. Right. This is the really... The Rock eats the pie. He, right. he finally gets around. Finally gets around like to the pie. Three minutes in, he finally starts eating some pie. When is he going to get into the pie factory? <laughs> like... Gulped it down fast, cause it really did please. I mean, it tasted so good, the rock was talking Chinese. It tasted so good, rock was talking Chinese. I'm not even going to attempt the next part. That's oh, fine, uh, the good folks at SaintLyrics.com has us covered. Ching Chong Bing Bong Ai Das Good Pie. Right, that is so racist. <laughs> that is so that, racist. That, there is no getting around that That's one. That more racist just... than Dr. Hung Lo. Yeah. Because at least that was a fucking pun. He's just being racist. He's just literally doing a, a, an awful impression of an oriental man. For the sake of comedy, I guess. That bit's meant to be a laugh line, is it? Because he's like... That good pie? I, I set him up with the first bit of racism. Then I knock him down with the second <laughs> It was bit. a callback to him. <laughs> that's good writing. That's good writing. And that's The Rock, folks. I'm really upset that I listened to that so much as a kid. Yeah. I, that was one of my most played CDs. And you know what, really, this is like the final point about this, which kind of irked me to a massive extent, was any time they ever showed footage... Of them going to... I mean, they've only been to China once or twice. Mm. But, you know, to Asia, you know, just to take that area in general. Anytime they go to South Korea, they go to Japan, Malaysia. Fuck me, those are the biggest wrestling fans in the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a pop at you, mate. <laughs> Pops fired. <laughs> so, in closing, I think... WWE Originals put a sour taste in our mouth regarding yeah, wrestling music. Just a bit. And uh, I think a nice one to play us out as we as we finish up here. Let's just play one of our favourite wrestling songs of all time. Let's just play Jack Swagger's music. Hey, oh, any excuse to have that on the podcast. And thank you very much for listening to this special bonus episode of the Attitude Era podcast. What a laugh it was to look back at some wrestling music. One of the most traumatic CDs ever released. Uh, thanks for joining along. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, be sure you subscribe and on iTunes as well. Leave a rating or review. We've got over 100 reviews in the UK store right now. Thank you so much. Be sure you leave a rating or review. It helps us out, gets us in the algorithm, boosts us up, gets us in that top 10 beating Roddy Piper and Jim Ross again, <laughs> which is all, it just feels good Great to feeling. happen like that. Yeah, definitely. And of course, Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Spoofs and goofs. Caption contest for future episodes. 
fan art. If you got anything you want to send us, you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Podcast. Give us a like. And as always, the best way to keep in touch with us is at AE Podcast on the Twitter. Closing in on 5,000 fans. Thanks, everyone, for following us so far. Live tweeting Raw pay-per-views. Uh, Adam's taking over some live tweeting of Raw at the moment. Yeah, I've been uh, taking the reins. <laughs> Enjoying well, that. Well, you, you say that. I haven't watched Raw in weeks because it's been so shit. <laughs> <laughs> when Raw gets good again, I'll be back on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, guys. Great way to keep in touch. Don't forget to go to YouTube.com forward slash AE Podcast as well. And you can see some of our best clips from the show put to video. We've actually got a recent one on there that's just been put up. It's the Mark Henry. Henry stealing the hose from Godfather. It's something which, honestly, when I said that on the episode, I, I honestly thought, no one's going to believe me when I say this. And good old Michael Haythorpe, or, or a new video contributor, good lord, he got all the clips, he's put it together, so be sure you check us out, AE Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe, check out those videos, they're fucking awesome. Thank you, Michael Haythorpe. And don't forget to go on Vine as well, which is linked to our Twitter account as before. And if you like stuff and things, Botchamania.com is the place for you. Yeah, check us out there. And of course, if you want to support the podcast, help us out monetarily. Help us pay these server bills and help us cover transport and travel to get to see Mr. Billy Keeble so we can actually record this podcast. Be sure you head over to Selfie.com forward slash AE podcast or audio commentaries are available to download. We've got a few new ones up there. Recently added Stone Cold Steve Austin in The Condemned, which Adam and I had the joy of watching for the first time. Listen to us if you watch it for the first time, probably, and us react to the events on screen. It's got Nathan Jones, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and our main man, the emotional one himself, Vinnie Jones. It's fucking ridiculous. And another one which was added recently by request and we're hopefully going to do some more WWE documentaries as a result. It's been very popular has got rave reviews. CM Punk Best in the World. It's no longer available on DVD but it's available on the network. Be sure you check it out as Adam and I talk over one of the best WWE documentaries ever done which has an alarming new meaning now we're watching it (laughs) in the year since Punk has left. Hear us talk about CM Punk, his tumultuous exit from the WWE, our thoughts on the current product, and also our thoughts on Punk joining UFC. It's a rare chance to hear us talk about current product and current rumblings and ramblings, so be sure you check those out, and of course up there as well still. Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows, two of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time. All available for £3 or $5 you pay with PayPal. Thanks everyone for checking them out, and that's going to do it for me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll catch you next time on the Editorial Podcast.